from some guy you probably met on the internet. It's the Casey Lewis Podcast. It's Friday, January 8th, 2016, and this is the Casey Lewis Podcast, where we talk about crushing debt, loving work, and chasing dreams that matter. Well, happy 2016 to you. I'm your host, Casey Lewis. Hey, do you have a question about money, careers, debt, investing, college, cars, or real estate? Well, hey, there's a few ways that you can ask your question and have it answered as part of the show. You could visit the website, caseylewispodcast.com. Uh, it used to be casey-lewis, and now we have one specifically for the podcast. It's caseylewispodcast.com. Head over there and click on the questions from the internet button, or you could hit me up on Twitter or Facebook at Casey N. Lewis. Well, welcome to 2016. This is the year. This is going to be a fantastic year for you and for me and uh, what we will do together on this show. So you may notice normally I would have some music playing underneath my voice here, but I am learning a new editing tool called Adobe Audition, um, and I am actually recording separate from my computer. The show has been recorded inside of GarageBand Live, uh, straight recording right right into the software. And uh, a few months back, I purchased some old gear from my buddy Kirk Bowman, who is the host of the Art of Value podcast. Um, And so I have a really nice studio set up, but I don't exactly know how to use all of it yet. And uh, so I am testing things out and I wanted to start 2016 with the equipment that I wanted to use for the full year. And so I'm going to learn this as we go. So my voice still should be strong, but this is going to help free up my computer speed and computer space so that I can start bringing in other elements to the show. Um, so I am really excited about that, but the show may lose a little bit of its uh, production qu- quality here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, so anyway, kicking off today's show is a question from our good friend Ryan Smeller. He says, love the show, longtime listener, first-time questioner. I am a small business owner who is looking into legal ways to minimize tax by taking advantage of tax breaks, like getting a company car or different technology or utilities. We have an office, but still do some work from home each week. I travel to 30 plus states each year and always have a surplus of money to spend. What are some things our company should be paying us to do instead of personally? Um, P.S. How does someone drive from Oklahoma City to Kansas without realizing they aren't in Tulsa yet? So we'll touch on the P.S., couple weeks back, I posted about a trip that my wife and I took. We were leaving from Dallas to go to Tulsa. We were driving through Oklahoma City because that way is all freeway. Uh, It is straight interstate highway, so it's a lot faster than the little two-lane road that goes up through all the little podunk Oklahoma cities. So we go there, but the exit in Oklahoma City is super tough. It's, it's, It's a weird exit. And everybody knows it's a weird exit, but it's still a weird exit. And it was 11 o'clock at night. This is back in 2005 before GPS. And we missed the exit. And there are no signs that tell you you missed the exit or what interstate you are on. So I just assumed that we made the exit and kept driving for two hours until we realized that we weren't in Tulsa and we were about to cross the border into Kansas. So that answers your question, Mr. Smeller. Now, To answer your question about taxes for your business, I am not a tax expert at all. And so the first thing that I know is that I need 
a good, solid, quality CPA to sit down with me and review my business spending for the year. But you're right. There are some things that your business could be purchasing that you wouldn't have to purchase that would lower your business's overhead uh, or lower your business's revenues that you would actually be taxed on. And so you can check out that stuff. But for the average person, there are a lot of things that you need to make sure if you have the money that you're using to get those tax breaks. We're in tax season right now, ramping up here in January and March in February and March, you're going to be getting your W2s or your 1099s and all the different forms that you need to file your taxes. And so as you're getting ready for 2016, there are a lot of deductions that you could use for your personal finances that will save you on your tax bill. Um, and so those are things like if you have a mortgage, you can deduct your mortgage interest and your mortgage payment or excuse me, the mortgage interest or the taxes on the property. Um, those are things that get deducted. Um, if you invest into an IRA or a Roth IRA, you get $5,500 per earned income. So you and your spouse could deduct $11,000. You could deduct an additional thousand dollars per person. If you're over the age of 50, I believe. So there's a deduction for you. If you have access to an HSA, a health savings account, there is a $6,500 deduction for your family, uh, $3,500, I believe, uh, per individual. There are a lot of little deductions that add up big over time. And so you need to take a look at what those are. The best way to do it is not to utilize software for your taxes. Um, the best way to do it is to hire a CPA. And it is very, very inexpensive in comparison to the money they save you on taxes. A good CPA will save you substantially. And so uh, if I were in your shoes, Mr. Smeller, I would go sit down with a CPA that specializes in uh, biz small businesses that have this amount of revenue that your company has. So if you're a small company, less than a million dollars in revenue, you don't want to hire a CPA that only works with $10 million of revenue. Um, and on the opposite end, you don't want to work with a CPA that only does personal um, personal finance stuff. You want somebody that specializes really right in your revenue range and knows the deductions that would be available for you. Good question, though. Hey, today's show is brought to you by the 30 Days to Better Money. If you're ready to take your financial life to the next level, then this ebook will give you all of the tools, tricks, and tips you need to crush your money goals. Whether you're struggling to pay off debt, planning for retirement, living paycheck to paycheck, or you just want a solid financial foundation, this 30-day challenge will walk you through exactly what to do and give you a roadmap for success. It's free. You can download your free copy by going to casey-lewis.com slash 30 days in January would be an awesome time to get that ebook. So go over to casey-lewis.com slash 30 days, sign up there. We'll, we'll email you the ebook and it is 30 days, a daily challenge that will walk you step by step through what you need to do so that you can get better with your money. The next up next, we've got a question from Tasha. She says, what should someone's number one financial goal be in 2016? And I love that it's open-ended because I get to just fill in wh wherever I want to because it's going to be different. A number one financial goal is going to be different for somebody that makes $20,000 a year and has $40,000 a credit card or student loan debt than it is somebody that's debt-free and making $200,000 a year. It just is. So my answer to you, Tasha, is it depends on where you're at, but 
what I know is that 75% of American households are living paycheck to paycheck. That means they don't have savings. They aren't saving money. They're not planning for the future or for retirement. So what I would say the number one goal for almost everybody is find ways to start saving money. Start saving money. That's your number one goal in 2016. And not just like a one-time, oh, I've, I saved $100, that's great. No, develop a consistent pattern of saving money. When you get a paycheck in and it's for $1,000 that you put $100 aside or $200 aside and live off of the rest of it. If you can get yourself into the habit of a consistent savings habit, that would be awesome that you come out of 2016 with that habit instilled in you. And so I don't know what the dollar amounts are going to be for you. I don't know what obstacles and limiters and inhibitors are in your way. For most people, it's probably debt. We're not able to save money because we've got a $400 a month car payment and we pay $200 a month on these credit cards and $350 a month on these student loans and there's not enough left over after those debts are paid to do that. So you may have to hustle to get rid of the debts so that you can develop that consistent consistent savings pattern and habit. But uh, that would be my number one goal that I would want most people to set themselves up for in 2016 is to develop a consistent habit of saving money. Now, if you already have that, I would encourage you to look for a consistent pattern of giving, looking for opportunities to give some of your money away. So that could be to your local church and your tithing and doing that, that could be an additional, uh, you are being intentional about different ministries and organizations that you give to. That could be something as simple as going down to the crisis pregnancy center in your town and buying a bunch of diapers for babies. Um, There's all kinds of different ways that you can give, but generous people just tend to prosper more anyway. And so if you are already in a consistent pattern of saving money, you're already out of debt, I would encourage you to find a way that you could give over and above what you're already doing. One of the things that we're doing here in the Lewis house is we added a line item to our budget this year called uh, random acts of kindness. And it's not a lot. It's going to vary month by month, but like in January we put $50 down on this and what uh, what happened that kind of spurred this along is uh, a couple months ago, I was at the car wash washing our cars, got the little vacuum cleaner out and was vacuuming out the inside. And a, a girl, maybe 16 years old, came up and she had this uh, this candy cane that they had glued the googly eyes to and also put the put some like pipe cleaners on his horns. And so they, I think they were supposed to be reindeer, but you couldn't really tell what they were. But she was selling these um, and her story was that um, she asked if I could buy it. I, she, I didn't have cash on me at the time. And so I said, well, I'm sorry, I can't, but you know, w- what are you selling these for? And they were, they were doing something while their mom was at work. Her mom worked at the car wash and they had a younger sister that needed uh, diapers and clothing. And like they were, they were just kind of trying to get by. And so that was something they didn't go to daycare so they could go into the uh, inside of the car wash there and make these during the day, sell them to the customers that came through. And that was kind of what they were doing to help 
along. And so it was an opportunity for me to sit down and say, hey, what can I do to help? And and we didn't have that specific budget set aside. And so now this is a great opportunity where we can be intentional to find those people, to find those opportunities. We can say, hey, like this would be an awesome thing for me to just go over to Kroger real quick buy a bunch of diapers, bring them back to the car wash and give them to this girl. Or, um, you know, you see somebody that is homeless and needs some food. You can just go over to Chick-fil-A, get them some, some nuggets or a spicy sandwich because spicy nuggets still don't exist. And you could bless them that way. So there's all kinds of different things that you could do if you're giving. So those are some of the things that I would look for, um, for a financial goal for 2016. Good question, Tasha. Uh, next we've got Jessica asked over on Facebook, I'm reviewing my insurance coverages at work and I think I have too much coverage through work. I have health, life, accident, short-term disability and specified health event. Do I have too much? What should I be looking at? It's a really, really, really good question. And for a lot of people, we're in open enrollment season at your at your employer, or if you do not have health insurance available to you, it is open enrollment for the next 20 some odd days um, of January to enroll in the Affordable Care Act uh, open marketplace. Um, And so there are a lot of different options available when it comes to health insurance. So let's just kind of go through these health insurance. You've got it through your employer or you've got it through the wonderful Obamacare marketplace. It's going to be expensive regardless of where you get it, but you need to have health insurance and find the plan that's going to best fit your family and protect you um, for your circumstances. So for us, we're overall relatively healthy. healthy. We don't go to the doctor a lot. Um, If we're sick, we just take over the counter medicines or maybe go to the little emergency clinic by our house that only costs us $10. Um, we don't, we don't go to the doctor and rack up a $300 doctor bill. So for us, we will, we will rarely meet a deductible, even if it was a thousand dollar deductible. Like if it was a really low family deductible, we're rarely going to meet that in a year and low deductibles have high premiums, high deductibles have low premiums. So for us, it makes sense for us to have a high deductible because we're never going to reach one if it's, if it's 500 or 5,000. So take advantage of having the lower premiums. Um, but for a lot of people, you are going to go to the doctor because you, your history has shown that you're going to go to the doctor five or six times a year and you're going to pay 200 or 300 every time that you go there. So you'll max out a deductible, you know, within the first four or five months of the year. Well, at that point you have the ability to benefit from having, um, health insurance that pays, the bills for you, um, but you're going to have a higher premium. So that's kind of how health insurance works in the marketplace. They all have in the Obamacare marketplace, they all have pretty high premiums and they all have pretty high deductibles. These low deductibles are going away, but you can talk to um, your HR department, work through those plans, look at the plans, compare them side by side. And if you're self-employed or don't have access through an employer for health insurance, talk to um, somebody that sells health insurance or works with the marketplace um, and can help you enroll through the marketplace. Um, if you have, if you need help finding somebody like that, I have somebody that works in specific states. You can just reach out to me through the podcast uh, at CaseyLewisPodcast.com or hit me up on Twitter at CaseyNLewis. Um, now, moving on, you said you have life insurance through work. That 
hurts me so much to hear you say that. I'm glad you have life insurance. It's the number one thing that most people don't have that they really need to have. But it, it hurts to hear that it's through your employer because if you lose your job, you lose your life insurance. And then you have to go start over. And so it's fine, you know, if you're in your 20s right now and you lose your job and you have to go buy new life insurance. But if you're in your 40s and you lose your job and your life insurance is through work, well, now you have to go buy a, a plan in the open market and you're in your 40s and it's a lot more expensive than if you had just bought it in your 20s and bought a 20 or 30 year plan uh, and worked through this. So I don't recommend doing it through an employer as your primary source. Now we do have through my wife's employer, um, we do have added life insurance because it's super, super cheap. It's $5 a month to get an extra couple hundred thousand dollars. Like it's very, very cheap through the employer. But if she loses her job, that's not our sole source of life insurance. Um, accident, accident insurance, short-term disability and specified health are the ones that I really, uh, we need to talk about and what they are. So accident is basically they pay your deductible and your health insurance. If you get hurt, that's what they do. So if you get hurt, you break a leg at work, um, accident insurance is going to pay your deductible so that your health care picks in, kicks in for you. Um, short-term disability, you have to be injured and not able to work for at least 15 days. Um, and a lot of those have like no more than 45 days on them. So they're going to pay for a really short window of time if you're hurt and unable to go to work. Um, and then specified health event, that's something like um, they, they pay your deductibles for you if you get cancer, if you have a heart attack um, or any other specified event. And those three, the likelihood of you needing to use the plan are very, very slim. The likelihood of you being injured and not able to go to work because of that injury are very slim. The likelihood of you having a short-term disability issue where you're out of work for two or three weeks is very, very slim. Long-term disability, those that odds are a lot higher. And like that's a big deal. I can handle not going to work for two weeks. I've got an emergency account. It's okay. I can't handle not being able to go to work for five years. So long-term disability is the plan that you need to be looking toward, not short-term. Um, short-term, we cover small things, short-term things with our emergency account. And so we get an emergency account, account in place of one month of our guts if we're in debt, if we're out of debt, three to six months of our guts. And that is what's going to take care of these other things. Now, I'm not a licensed insurance guy. I just happen to know that these plans have a very low rate of getting it of a, actually needing a claim or actually utilizing that insurance. So I would say health insurance. Yes, absolutely. Life insurance. Yes, absolutely. But not through your employer, long-term disability insurance. It is cheaper in most cases to buy that through your employer. And you don't have to do near as much work because they've actually verify. Here's how much you make now with long-term disability insurance. Here's a couple of things that you need to look for. First is that it's going to pay out anywhere from about 60 to 66% of your gross income. So if you make $10,000 a month, it's going to pay out $6,600 a month. Um, I picked 10,000 because that was the easiest to do the math. Um, so that's, it pays out 60 to 66% of your gross income. Now you do not want to use this as a tax deduction. 
you want to pay on your health insurance or your, excuse me, you want to pay on your long-term disability insurance post tax. You want to pay taxes on those premiums because when or if you actually need to make a claim on this long-term disability insurance, you will not have to pay taxes on the amount that you are given. So the $10,000 that you were earning and you get hurt, so you get $6,600. Because you didn't write the premiums off on your taxes, you will get all $6,600 of those dollars, which is going to be pretty close to what your net income was anyway before you got hurt. But if you are writing that off, you will get the $6,600, and then you will have to pay taxes on that as income for however long you are receiving that uh, that long-term disability benefit. So those are the three life insurance, not through work health insurance through work. Cause it's usually cheaper, but if you can't get it cheaper through work, just find a plan that's going to work for you and your family. And then long-term disability insurance. Those are kind of the, the three main anchors that you need for your personal uh, insurance plan. The others are related to your home and, um, and stuff like that. So Great question, Jessica. I'm glad you wrote that in over on Facebook. Hey, if you have a question for me, head over to the podcast episode page at CaseyLewisPodcast.com or hit me up on Twitter at CaseyNLewis. As always, I want to give a giving opportunity to you, Some highlight a ministry or organization where you could be charitable and giving here in 2016. And let's start off the year with Compassion International. You may have heard of them before, but what they do is they go into these different villages and communities around the world, usually in third world areas or underdeveloped or struggling areas where there's a high population of poor and uneducated people that really need healthcare and education. And they go in and set up centers, and you are able to sponsor the individual children inside of those communities. And it sponsors the child and makes sure that they get their food and their health care, but it also takes care of the families and their health care and gets the you know, if the mom is addicted to drugs, it helps her get through that. It takes care of the kids. It's a really, really awesome deal. And uh, I wanted to highlight them because last month, Compassion was here in Mansfield, Texas. And they have these trailers that you can go through and walk through what the, a day in the life of one of these Compassion kids looks like. And uh, we walked through and really felt like, hey, we are super, super blessed to live in the United States of America where we don't really have to worry about food. Um, we don't have to worry about healthcare issues or basic sanitation or getting clean drinking water um, or making sure our kids can go to school. Like We don't have to worry about these basic, basic things that so many other people in the world have to deal with. And I looked at this table that showed their incomes in the different countries. Their annual incomes were like 300 or 400 or 500 US dollars. That's all they would make. And that was supposed to feed them for their whole their families for the whole year and to take care of them. And so Sarah and I went through and we just said, you know, like we, we should probably do something here. Um, and so we, we sponsored a seven year old boy named Eric and we have sponsored a three year old little girl named Liliana and they are now part of our family. 
uh, and they are the same ages as my kids uh, because it was a good reminder for me and Sarah. Like we have two strong, healthy kids that are growing and uh, we can take care of that. So you can sponsor a kid through Compassion International. Uh, I'll have links on the website or you can just go straight to Compassion and look and you can search around the world at where where they're located. But uh, it's about $38 a month uh, to sponsor a child. So uh, head over to CompassionInternational.org or there will be links over on the podcast page at CaseyLewisPodcast.com. So with that, I'm going to wrap things up. Be sure to check out the 30 Days to Better Money ebook. If you haven't gotten your copy yet, uh, you can get it for free at Casey-Lewis.com slash 30 days. Hang with me throughout these next couple of weeks as I learn the technical side of this new fun technology. And uh, remember, your dreams matter. Put your money in a position to chase after what's important. Go crush it, and I'll see you next time. That's right, Dad.